Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Way back in March of 1992, the Department of Social Services in Greenville County, uh, South Carolina, sent a letter to a certain gentleman, and the letter said this, Dear Sir, your food stamps will be stopped effective immediately because we have received notice that you have passed away. May God bless you. You may reapply if there is a change in your circumstances. Well, you and I are gathered here this morning for any number of good reasons, but undergirding them all is a change of circumstances for our God. And the prayer is that there may be a change of circumstances for you and me as well. And in order for uh, this change in circumstances to hit home, I want to tell you about a little book. The book is titled The Future of an Illusion, and it's written by Sigmund Freud. I was assigned this book in three different courses in college, and it drove me crazy every time. The theme of the book is that religion is an illusion. Freud says that the Christian faith is nothing more than wish fulfillment. And if you and I are truly to come of age, we need to recognize this fact and just face reality. Well, isn't it interesting that the Bible says the same thing? The Bible's filled with people who are wondering if God is only an illusion. In the book of Job, that poor fellow who suffered so terribly complains at one point, oh, that I knew where to find him. And in the Song of Solomon, the author says, I sought him, but found him not. I called him, but he gave no answer. It's what I cry, sometimes myself, because if God isn't operating, in everything that's deepest and most personal to my being, then I'm left with a kind of nagging Freudian suspicion. A suspicion that maybe things really are left up to chance. A suspicion that maybe it all really is an illusion. The answer to the question, where may we find a convincing personal God, is that left to our own resources, nowhere. Job asked the question, can you by searching find out God? And the answer is no, if we're left to our own resources. And the proclamation on this day is that God says, you're not. You are not left to your own resources. The illusion ends at Easter not because you and I are groping toward God any better. It ends because God comes to us. We are here this morning to proclaim that the Christian faith is faith 
in the initiative of God. Now, on that first Easter day, you may remember that Mary Magdalene gets up while it's still dark and goes all by herself, uh, alone with her grief, to the grave of Jesus. And there in the shadows, she sees that that huge boulder has been rolled away. She sees that the body is gone, and she's just standing there quietly crying. And then through her tears, she sees the gardener, the man in charge of the cemetery grounds, and she says to him, if you've taken the body, please tell me where. And the gardener says just one word. He just says her name. He just says Mary. And something like an electric shock jolts through her body, and her eyes snap open, and she rubs the tears away, and she just stares. And she just says one single word, Master. What a moment that must have been for Mary. That was no wish fulfillment for Mary. That was no escape into an illusion. She simply heard her name, and her night became day. So, along with Mary, I don't know what tears you may have shed. I know some of my own. But the news is that as you and I find ourselves weeping, a voice comes into this church this morning. It's the voice of one who was totally, utterly dead and who now is alive. And the voice simply says, Jim and each one of your names. The voice says, I live, I've killed death, and I give you my hand. Then, in the gospel that Jonathan just read for us today, it gets more, even more impossible to escape into an illusion. Because today's gospel concerns not Mary Magdalene, but dear Thomas a fellow who's been saddled with an unfair nickname for 2,000 years. It concerns dear Thomas, whose faithfulness to Jesus remained rock solid when the others ran away. Remember, the others just said, forget it, and Thomas said, no, let's go to Jerusalem with Jesus, let's die with him. I mean, not very optimistic, but pretty faithful. It concerns dear Thomas, who was so busy last Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, that he simply missed Jesus appearing to the other disciples. It concerns dear Thomas, who's, who echoes our cries this morning uh, for something more than an illusion. It concerns dear Thomas, who wants his God to be convincing and real. And that's exactly what happens. Jesus appears, and he utters those profound words, Peace be with you. Don't be afraid. I bring you peace. And dear Thomas responds by saying, My Lord and my God. Some time ago, I visited an 80-year-old friend who was near the end of his life. 
His three sons were with him, and they told me that earlier that day they had read the story of Doubting Thomas to their father. And the father, in hearing Jesus say to Thomas, Peace be with you, knew that Jesus was saying those words to him as well. The God who had been real to my friend in his life was being real to him now at the end of his life. My friend was at peace. This is no illusion this morning. This is the morning that Jesus says to you and me, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Mary Magdalene, dear Thomas, and now finally, just one more witness. Last Sunday, you remember the gospel told us that three women came to the tomb before Mary Magdalene. And they also found the tomb was empty, except for a young man who was sitting where the body of Jesus had been placed. Now listen to what this young man, a.k.a. an angel, tells the women. He says this, Don't be alarmed. You were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. If I'd been reading the gospel last Sunday, I would have read it this way. But go, tell his disciples. And then I would have paused for about a minute. <laughs> and then said, and Peter. The angel says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Don't stay here. Get going. Tell the others. And especially, tell Peter. Dear, dear Peter, who promises big and never follows through. Dear, dear Peter, whom Jesus nicknamed the rock and who acts more often like a sandpile. Dear, dear Peter, who says he'll stand by Jesus no matter what in one breath and in the very next breath denies even knowing him three times. So why Peter especially? Simply because Jesus loves Peter, adores Peter, and because Jesus knows that Peter is especially hurting. In the same way that maybe some of you are hurting this morning. Because Jesus knows that Peter has blown it so badly. Maybe in the same way that some of you have also blown it badly. Because Jesus knows that the weight of failure and guilt has just flattened Peter. In the same way that maybe some of you are feeling flattened this morning. Jesus says through the angel, be sure to tell Peter especially, my dear, dear friend, Tell him this is no wish fulfillment. Tell him this is no escape into an illusion. Tell him this is as real as it gets. And so, I want to say right now, with all of my authority as the former dean of a cathedral 
and with all of my authority as a minor religious official at Calvary St. George's Church, I thought that was very funny, and mainly, and mainly as my, in all my authority as a sinner washed in the blood of the Lamb, I want to say that I am authorized by the risen Jesus Christ this morning to instruct all of you to go home after this service and get out your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 16, verse 7, and get an indelible pen and strike out Peter's name and write your name above it. Go, tell the disciples, and especially Peter. Go, tell the disciples, and especially Mary Magdalene. Go, tell the disciples, and especially Thomas. Go, tell the disciples, and especially Jim Monroe. Go, tell the disciples, and especially every single person at St. George's Church and watching online on April 11th, 2021. Tell them this is not an illusion. Tell them this is not just a good idea that somebody thought up. Tell them this isn't just a lovely poetic image. Tell them this isn't just an affirmation of nature's yearly cycle of rebirth. Tell them that there has been a change in circumstances. Tell them that Jesus Christ is risen. And tell them this, that because Jesus lives, they will live also. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.